Good evening, curious minds out there across the internet. It's your boy, DJ Jazwa, and this is the episode two, Genesis of a Conspiratorial Mind, Anatomy of a Conspiracy Theorist post-show. And since that is such a mouthful, and because I finally thought of a cooler name, uh, from moving forward, these are going to be called Episode 2 Off the Record. And that's probably how I'm going to title this one, unless you just really like hearing me ramble off the entire episode title every time and if you actually do um, let me know i'll tell you what better yet i'm gonna put a couple options in the poll this week and you guys can tell me which one you like the best right now i'm leaning towards off the record so episode two wow that was an episode right uh, definitely our longest episode we went for an actual recording time it was over two hours uh, in showtime, um, I edited that down to, I think, about an hour and a half for you guys. Um, so, hopefully prevent your ears from bleeding. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed it. You know, it's just a very real, off-the-cuff conversation with uh, a guy that I've known for a long time, have a lot of respect for. He's a very bright guy. Uh, he knows what he's talking about. And he also happens to be uh, a conspiracy theorist as I'm sure some of you out there probably are. I don't know if you would consider or label yourself to be such, but I think that we all at some point or another have questioned official narratives, have thought to ourselves, you know, this something about this doesn't make sense. I don't think I'm getting told the entire truth. And while that's not a conspiracy theory by definition, um, that's kind of what our society has, has twisted that term into in a lot of ways so if you dare question any narrative or uh i guess think critically then that's considered somehow conspiracy which let's face it does a major disservice to critical thinking and free minds everywhere and uh furthers the agenda of keeping everyone in a tiny little box only believing what they're told and that's just my take on it so let's just kind of quickly get into that uh episode go over our discussion real quick which if you haven't heard it i definitely recommend you going back and checking out episode two i think it's one of the best episodes if not the best episode that i've done on this uh network so far i think that we really got into some good stuff and i think that some of that would be a good springboard to go into other episodes which i'll talk a little bit more about later but we we went over basically what makes someone a conspiracy theorist um, kind of tried to separate uh, general perception of what a conspiracy theorist is from what the reality of a conspiracy theorist actually is. Um, we went over the history of the term, where it kind of uh, really took root and entered into the zeitgeist in the in the most major way. Anyways, um, went through some major events that made each of us question what we were being told and kind of led us down rabbit holes into questioning other things and and really learning to investigate for ourselves what's going on which i think is incredibly important i think that in order to maintain a free and functioning democracy it is imperative that we have a well-informed population 
and that we do our part to stay informed rather than just sitting down, uh, being fed information and then never questioning it. I think that is incredibly dangerous and that is a road to totalitarianism and a very, very dark path to go down. We definitely danced around some things that I, I wasn't really comfortable talking about on this network, at least not yet. Um, Spotify has some somewhat astringent rules that I'm not completely familiar with just yet, to be completely honest. So I'm still kind of pushing those boundaries, and I would imagine I'm going to push them pretty far before the end of things. But we avoided some topics. I'll go ahead and just say that. And there was some other stuff that we recorded that I didn't add in the episode that may uh, see the light of day one day. But we also talked about 9-11 some. And with the anniversary coming up, I thought that was uh, very timely, even though it was just kind of coincidental because it was definitely the most catalyzing single event in my life that brought me to question what I was being told. You know, uh, I mentioned at the end uh, when I left the military, kind of the reason that I left the military, I didn't really get into it and everything that happened. There's a lot more to it, but that that was kind of at a point in my life where, where I had I had gone full circle. I started out not believing anything that authority told me, basically, and feeling like it was my job to resist to a great de- degree most of authority, at least unearned authority, if that makes sense to you. Then, of course, I went into the Navy and was taught to follow every bit of authority without question. And that programming never really took hold. But uh, when I left the military, I kind of started drifting more towards uh, somewhere in the middle. And then with the events of 9-11, it really just shook something inside of me and woke me up in a lot of ways and made me question all kinds of things. And that really began like the first true deep dive and and doing investigative work. I remember I saw a very early copy of 9-11 Loose Change. And this is after I'd been questioning and researching and and digging at all this stuff and doing some writing and blogging online. Um, I contacted Dylan and Corey. I'm not sure which one of them. uh, Dylan Avery and Corey Rowe, not to name drop, but they're the guys that put together that documentary. It was kind of like their their final in in college, basically. Uh, They were film production students and about doing some writing for them and how I could get involved and how I could help out. And I started doing a front page blog um, for one of their sites that they had up at the time. And the investigative process of doing that definitely led me down so much further of a path of how to do investigations and how to question things and what to question and how to write about it and how to bring that to people and kind of I guess would have been the seed of me doing investigative journalism uh, to a large degree anyways and all of that and some really great banter uh, came out to be you know like I said about an hour and a half edited down and I think you guys will find it enjoyable so if you haven't like I said go check it out Um, a couple other things I wanted to touch on uh, right here off the top a little bit of show news Speaking of 9-11, I'll go ahead and do this one. Next week, I'm going to do uh, not the full 
deep dive that I want to do on 9-11, but seeing as how the anniversary will just be a day or two behind me at that point, I would like to do just sort of a, a dedicated memorial almost episode to that day and to some of the, the facts that really don't get discussed like they should and, and just kind of bring you a small little retrospective of the timeline about things on it. And if you guys enjoy that, if you want to hear more, I'll be happy to do a, a real deep dive and a couple episode series on it at some point. Um, I do have some possibly not great news uh, for some of you if you really enjoy, do truly enjoy listening to the show weekly, and I, I'd hope that you do. It means a whole lot that you're listening right now. Um, but during October, we're going to have to take somewhat of a break. I've just got a bunch of other things going on. My business is insanely busy right now and will be ridiculously busy during the month of October. So much so that there is absolutely no way that I can keep to the schedule. And I don't want to just not do the episode without saying anything. So October, there's, it's largely going to be a break. Uh, I'm going to do one episode at the beginning on the first Wednesday and then I'll do another one at the very end of the month. Um, but those will both be very good, very big, a little bit longer episodes. Um, there may be a post-show type, you know, off the record sort of thing in the middle somewhere. Um, but I, I can't guarantee it. I just don't know how much time I'm going to have. And I don't want to just phone this in, you know. I think if you know me or you've listened to this for a little while, you understand that this means a great deal to me and getting the facts right, getting things uh, brought to you in the best manner that I possibly can, it really matters to me. I, I don't want to just get on here and, and ramble something off to have an episode down. So there will be a break coming up in October. I think that pretty much covers all of the, the at least the channel news that I wanted to get into, so to speak, and kind of everything I wanted to say about the last episode. Um, I intend to have Steve-O on again soon, hopefully. Uh, he's, like I said, a very interesting guy to talk to. Uh, I mean, this dude used to have conversations that would last hours and hours and, and not even realize it, you know, just sitting outside on the front porch and I've never had a bad conversation with Steve-O. So I really hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Uh, anyways, that's a wrap on the beginning of the show. Thank you again for joining us. I am about to get into some news from here on. And I hope that you guys really enjoy these news segments, by the way. Um, I, I try to research them very thoroughly. Make sure that I have my facts straight. And also give you uh, at least a decent mix of my own thoughts and commentary. For better or worse so with that out of the way let's get into some news welcome back everybody let's talk real quick about the burning man debacle so i'm sure everyone at this point has heard about what went on at burning man but i just wanted to go ahead and do a little piece on it and, you know, kind of share my thoughts about the whole thing. And I think to best tell the story, here is a little article that I put together about the event. 
Once a counterculture drug-fueled art-centric beach party, Burning Man has seemingly been progressively invaded by the 1%, particularly the Silicon Valley elite. Looking to not just party, but rub elbows with other billionaires and executives as they revel in self-congratulatory excess. An increasing number of well-to-do celebrities and influential figures have been cropping up year after year in the hidden luxury camps on the edges of town, much to the chagrin of longtime burners. Which made it all the more humorous when an unprecedented late summer storm dropped nearly a quarter of the area's typical annual rainfall on the festival over the weekend, leaving over 70k stranded and causing pure panic among those who are usually economically isolated from such hardships in their daily lives. Overflowing porta potties, thick and nearly inescapable mud, and inability to have their usual food and fine amenities flown in to save them, stuck and unable to simply jet away from such horrors, this time the interlopers were brought low and full of fear, a feeling they have typically just afforded their way out of. Perhaps it was so particularly satisfying to see the tech industry in such discomfort and distress because we know how unlikely it is to see them ever face accountability in their real lives. Let us not forget these are the same people who have created systems which have driven us further apart, destroyed human connection, limited and regulated away free speech, how we disseminate information, and above all, how we maintain any sense of a free and meaningful democracy. They've done all of this and worse, largely untaxed on their massive profits and without regard for who they hurt or the damage that they do. It's largely due to their massive wealth and influence that we lack a meaningful regulatory system with which to rein them in. Let it be said that while the wealthy floundered, the real burners came together and weathered the storm offering food and support to one another and made the most of what they had, a skill set that regular people, at least some of us, still have and value, and ultimately what sets us apart. In the end, all but one made it out alive. As of the time of my writing of this, no name or official cause of death has been released. So I say go ahead and laugh at them, break out your smallest violins, and enjoy the rare glimpse of comeuppance, because in my opinion, at least, I feel they had it coming. Our next story this evening involves the Unidentified Anomalous Phenomenon Disclosure Act of 2023. Quite a mouthful. Chuck Schumer and Mike Rounds are currently leading an amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act that would mandate government records related to UAPs carry the presumption of disclosure. And it's modeled, supposedly, after the JFK Assassination Records Collection Act of 1992. And this act would, quote, increase transparency around UAPs and further open scientific research, end quote. It would direct every office to identify which records would fall into this collection, and the UAP records collection would carry the presumption of immediate disclosure, needing a review board to provide reasoning for them to remain classified. Which sure in theory sounds great until you consider that thousands of records regarding JFK's assassination still remain unreleased, and many more are so heavily redacted it looks like a black sheet of paper. Uh, what is ultimately released will of course remain at the discretion of the president and let's face it the pentagon and the cia so how much this will truly change anything is yet to be seen but in my experience i wouldn't expect much 
unless it further serves the interest of the state. Of note in this bill, uh, probably the only thing that will end up being of much note in this bill, is the changing of the term UAP to no longer mean unidentified aerial phenomenon, but to now mean unidentified anomalous phenomenon. And that, my friends, might be the biggest change this bill will make. Maybe I'm just being cynical, but I think we both know how great they are at redacting all the important bits and not disclosing things that they've promised to disclose. Even things that uh, were supposed to be disclosed 60 years ago. So, who knows how well that'll all turn out, but interesting turn of events. I don't know if you guys have caught any of the people testifying before Congress um, in these UAP hearings and everything that's going on right now. Uh, this, you know, comes shortly after basically the Pentagon had come out and admit that these things exist and some of the videos of the Tic Tac and all the other interesting videos that they've been putting out have come been released uh, and entered into public sphere, if you will. It all makes for a pretty crazy time to be alive. And I, I don't know if I can fully count this as another win for conspiracy theorists everywhere, since uh, I don't think that really aliens are that much of a conspiracy, given the vastness of our universe and the potentiality for multiverses. But still, uh, you know, we were told this definitely, definitely isn't real, and they definitely have no knowledge of this stuff, even though there's been projects going on about this stuff for 80 years now, at least. So, apparently there was some knowledge. What do you guys think? Are aliens real? Is this bill going to do anything meaningful? Leave it in the Q&A. Leave it in the voice message. Interact, guys. I'd love to hear from you. And I'm going to go ahead and say one more thing about the voice messages and the Q&A. None of that stuff is public. So you, you can put whatever your genuine thoughts are. If you want it to be just directed to me, and let me know that, and I'll be the only one that sees it. I have to make that stuff public, and it's at my discretion if I decide to share it. So please don't feel like you're, you're putting yourself out there or any identifying information will be revealed with what you say. Um... I, that will just be information that I will use to try and shape the show to make it better towards you uh, and more enjoyable and to kind of bring the community together around similar thoughts because you're probably not the only person that thinks this stuff. So share it. And our final story this evening... Last but certainly not least, was one that, as you know if you've been listening to the show at all, is something that is pretty close to my heart. Oprah and The Rock have made a tone-deaf plea for struggling citizens to give them money from Maui. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, somehow you should go and watch it right after this, okay? To summarize, two wealthy people who both own land in Hawaii, one of them is worth at least 800 million and and that's very conservative there's no way that's all he's worth and the other one is worth three and a half billion billion with a b and that also is probably being very conservative especially if you consider uh, all her enterprises and liquidatable assets these two uh they, they, they took a little trip to the internet to beg for money for a fund that they have supposedly set up to help Maui. 
to put money directly in the hands of the people of Maui. And it is the most cringe-worthy thing I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, and this is, okay, a place that they both have residences in. That's where The Rock is from. And either of them could easily fix every single house in Maui without it even taking the smallest little chink out of their net worth. I mean, to, in the equivalent of what would be pennies for you and I, they could do all of this themselves, especially with their network of other millionaires and billionaires and wealthy and connected people. It would not be hard at all for them to put the money together to help everyone in Lahaina rebuild and put their lives back together, which is something that desperately needs to happen. Uh, but this is not how to achieve that. Now, I've been vocal about helping Maui, um, and I support direct assistance in helping the residents directly to them. I've been saying that as well. However, if I had the means to do it myself, particularly easily do it myself, especially if I lived or had a house down there, I certainly would not be asking others. Many who are struggling and living check to check or even worse to do it for me. The internet as it tends to do struck back though as the video was instantly ratioed and resoundingly, resoundingly derided. I'm pretty sure everyone who saw this thought that it was one of the most cringeworthy things that they've ever seen. Um, it's absolutely horrible. There are so many better ways they could have gone about this. One way would be for them to put up the first large donation and to show that money going directly into the hands of the people in Maui, which would make the whole thing a whole lot more believable. Um, but if you go to the donations page, you will see um, at, at the last time I checked, which I, I think this was yesterday that I looked, there was few crumbs, a couple thousand had been donated. No really large donations. Uh, maybe they're just doing that behind the scenes. But it would seem like if they want to be such a public face for this, and it's their fund, that they would openly put the amount that they've donated right up front on it. Uh, you know, one would think it's not like they have a problem taking credit for it. They repeatedly said, that Oprah and The Rock have come together to help the people of Maui and that they have put together this fund. So, um, yeah, does not sit well with me at all. Maui is still a story that is continuing and ongoing. Um, I covered it in the last news briefing that we did and things have not gotten any better for those people. If anything, I'm sure they've gotten a lot worse. The only help that they've received at this point, truly, is is the $700 little whatever one-time payment that, that Biden threw them, the chump change, the micro-fraction of what we're spending in Ukraine. And I believe I said it in the episode, but that's nothing in Hawaii. That is nothing. That's not groceries for a week. That's not housing for half a week down there. You know, you can barely get a hotel for a few days on that. And, and that's what they were given to completely rebuild their lives. 
So yeah, I'm still actively looking for something that is 100% legitimate and is rooted in the actual people in Maui, um, from the citizens there, what they are doing to be able to directly accept donations that are not filtered through the hands of either FEMA or another government type entity or wealthy celebrities. And when I find that, I will bring that information to you or I will continue my efforts to get in touch with them and try to organize something like that for them. And I will share that info. And hopefully enough people will hear this and we can get it out uh, across the internet that we can do something to legitimately help these folks because they need it. And in the episode, I talked about a lot of stuff that was really weird about it, but there's so much more. So there may be another little section that I do about Maui uh, in the weeks to come. Uh, I'm kind of trying to see what all else is going to really come out of this story, to be honest. Every time I start digging, I I come across new interesting contradictions in their narrative and things that should never have ever happened. So uh, I will keep you guys up to date as news develops on it and should any legitimate um, worthy funding enterprise present itself or opportunity I guess present itself then I will absolutely bring that to you and we will do our best as a community to try to help and that ladies and gentlemen is the end of the news and the post show or off the record or whatever other name you guys vote for that we end up naming this. But for right now, it's off the record. That's what I'm sticking with. All right. Thank you again for joining me this evening. I really appreciate everybody that listens. Uh, Please, 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 I'm begging you, be sure to use the Q&A and the polls and and all that fun stuff. Leave me a voice message. Uh, Above all, if you would, follow this page on Spotify. Um, Click the little notification thing on Spotify so that you know whenever new episodes are coming out. Yes, I've been very diligent thus far to stick to the same schedule, and I always will, but especially with things coming up like October that I mentioned where episodes are kind of going to be here and there, it would be helpful for you to know whenever they're going to be coming out. Um, That information you can also typically find on the Facebook page if you want to go check it out over there. Uh, Just search Clandestine Radio Podcast. It'll come right up for you. Once again, thanks for joining me. I will be back next week um, with a 9-11 episode. I hope that you're looking forward to hearing some more about that. I've got some information that has not been widely distributed or talked about. I haven't seen anything about it anyways as far as like, you know, larger documentaries or major news coverage. So I think that you'll find a lot of that very interesting. Um, as I definitely have, and I look forward to talking to you guys again soon on the next Clandestine Radio Podcast.